Rejoice in hope, says the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. Paul considers hope one of the true marks of a Christian. Paul also writes of hope in the often cited book of Corinthians, chapter 12, verse thir- uh, chapter 13, verse 13. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of them is love. Faith, hope, and love. I chose the topic of hope because today's sermon, hope, is one of my favorite faith tools. And I don't think we focus on hope as much as we do on love and faith. So I'm going to talk about what hope is, when we need hope, and how we can find hope. What is hope? Dictionary.com and the Oxford American Dictionary define hope in the same way. The feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. One of my many meditation books defines hope as follows. Hope is the invisible part of ourselves that can be the difference between getting somewhere and getting nowhere. Hope is the extra set of muscles that allows us to carry on even though our legs can't support us any longer. Hope is the extra heartbeat that gives us positive energy when our senses can't feel, hear, or see beyond negativity. Hope is the nectar that restores health when our bodies feel old and broken down. Hope keeps us sane and keeps us trying. For as long as we have hope, we'll always feel a candle burning within us that's ready to light the world. Wow. Rejoice in hope. So when do we need hope? There are times we need hope, of course, more often than other times. And I've put them into two categories. The first one is fear that something may or may not happen, such as not getting the job we want, getting fired from a job, worrying about financial issues, considering whether to stay in a relationship worrying that a relationship may end, getting sick, not recovering from sickness, dreading a necessary conversation, worrying that an addicted or alcoholic loved one may not get sober or may not survive, worrying that our children are in trouble or not living their lives as we think they should. The second category and when it may be particularly difficult to rely on hope, is when something bad or tragic has happened, getting fired or laid off, suffering from emotional or physical pain or illness, suffering the effects of sexual abuse, going through a divorce, experiencing the death of a loved one. 
Some of us spend too much time worrying that something bad or dreadful might happen. How do we find hope when we feel overtaken by worry and fear? First, we need look no further than Paul's teaching to the Romans. In the very same sentence where Paul says, Rejoice in hope, he also says, Persevere in prayer. When we are fearful and worried about something over which we have no control, what is the first thing we can and should do? Pray. How do we pray? The psalmist's words in Psalm 42 that Deborah read are a good example. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me a prayer to the God of my life. When I'm desperate for prayer, I say the Lord's Prayer, the Serenity Prayer, or the Prayer of St. Francis, or sometimes all three. Second, during the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus specifically said, we should not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, Add a single hour to your span of life. Some of you may be thinking, okay, Melanie, I get it. I don't need to worry about what I eat, where I live, how I am clothed. And we are very blessed not to have these worries because many people do. But some of you may be worried about the health, your own, your spouse's, your child's. Or you may be worried that your adult child is suffering from depression or addiction. Jesus' direction, do not worry, is meant to include these very serious issues. We need to be honest about whether worry will change anything and whether by worrying and dreading and fearing things will get better. We need to discern those things over which we have control and those we don't. For example, we do not have control over an illness in a loved one as long as we know that he or she is getting good medical care. We do not have control over how our children live their lives once they become adults. We cannot live their lives for them, and we should not be telling them how to live their lives. Once our children are adults, we are responsible for one life only, our own. Jesus' wise counsel about worry ends with him saying, So do not worry about tomorrow. 
for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. That leads to the third point about how to find hope. Live in today. We only have this one day. But that is the confusing thing about hope. Hope seems to imply that we need to be living in and for the future, something to come. The irony is that we need to find our hope in God, in love, in faith, today, now. And how do we do that? By living in today, just as Jesus taught us. I've shared with many of you that I'm a member of Al-Anon, a 12-step program for people who have been affected by the disease of alcoholism. And just like Alcoholics Anonymous, we in Al-Anon learn to live one day at a time. One of our daily meditation books is called One Day at a Time. Every time I attend an Al-Anon meeting, and in much of our Al-Anon literature, we are told we come to Al-Anon to share our experience, strength, and hope. When I went back to Al-Anon 14 years ago, I was in such despair that I grabbed onto the promise of hope. I experienced and learned what it really meant to have hope. Hope means to have a deep faith and love in God, just as we are taught in the first commandment. And hope needs to be for living life today, not in the future. I find these wise words from one of my Al-Anon meditation books very helpful when I get into worry and despair. I cannot know what the future will bring. My best hope is every bit as likely to occur as my worst fear. So I have no reason to give more weight to my negative assumptions. All I can do is make the most of this day. Fourth way to seek and receive hope. Meditate. Do yoga. Exercise. Go to Eleanor's Hatha Yoga class on Tuesday mornings right here in Fellowship Hall. You may be thinking, how can I possibly find hope by doing yoga, meditating, or exercising? Because they lift our spirits. By doing these things, they may be the chink in the armor of despair. By focusing on meditating yoga or moving through exercise, we can experience being in the present, the now where we can find hope. Fifth, practice hope. What do I mean by practice hope? Every Monday, I receive an upbeat or touching email on a particular topic. Wouldn't you know that this past Monday, just seven days ago, and long after I had decided hope would be this sermon topic, the Monday email came across my computer, and it was titled, Rekindling Hope. Talk about a coincidence. I believe that coincidences are God's messages. One of the quotes in the email said, Expect to have hope 
rekindled. Expect your prayers to be answered in wondrous ways. And the message included this advice. With a little bit of practice, hope is addictive. Once we decide to look for signs that things are going to get better, they start popping up all around. These little hope sparks make it easier to spot the more sustainable reasons for steady optimism. Even when my way forward is still steep, I notice that the more I climb, the better the view. And once you get above the fog and clouds, it is so much easier to find the sunshine. Don't you love the word hope sparks? I do. Okay, so that was the easy part of the sermon. Moving on to where we really need hope, the second category, when bad things happen. Disease, divorce, death, sexual abuse, domestic violence are some of life's greatest sufferings. I also think that estrangements in relationships can cause deep suffering. So how do we find hope from these despairing life experiences? If we go back to Paul's teachings in Romans, he tells us, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. How do we be patient in suffering? Again, by living one day at a time. We can get through this one day by simply living in the valley of darkness or seeking hope sparks or glimmers of relief and maybe even some joy. And as Jim read, we boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. There we have it. It is through suffering that we can become strong and gather strength. We build character and through that strength and character we find hope. And best to come. It is through that hope we find God's love. But it's not easy to be patient in suffering and endure the process of building endurance and hope and character. This is one of the reasons we are all here today. We come to church to praise and worship God to thank God for the blessings in our lives, and to get through our fears and suffering. There is a wonderful quote about hope in the book, The Spirituality of Imperfection. Hope is born by facing the unknown and discovering that one is not alone. It is a simple and profound truth. We can take Hope in the fact that no matter what, we are not alone. We who attend and are friends or members of this wonderful church community 
know that we can lift others and we can be lifted by others. It is through our church community that we can find hope. There are people here who have suffered the very pain that some of you may be experiencing now. The way we seek and find hope is to reach out for help, whether it be from a church member, a grief group, a support group. There is help out there and in here which will provide hope. I believe that God speaks through others who have paved the way of pain and suffering that we may be experiencing. I have a friend who's going through cancer treatment. She finished months of chemo and is facing surgery. She joined the cancer support community located in Redondo Beach. It used to be called the Wellness Community. Our church has supported it over the years. Its mission statement says, to ensure that all people impacted by cancer are empowered by knowledge, strengthened by action, and sustained by community so that no one faces cancer alone. And there are many types of these, many of these types of support groups, no matter what pain you may be facing. One of them is right here in our church, the Good Grief Group. Lois and Sam Bloom created this grief support group after their son Sammy died. Years ago, after I heard a sermon on the 23rd Psalm here, Lois shared with me that a former senior minister of this church, Dr. Huser, told her after Sammy's death, Lois, you are in the valley of darkness. You can stay there for a while, but don't pitch a tent there. That was so powerful to me. When we are in the valley of darkness, stay in the valley for a while, but through prayer, hope, and faith, we need to walk through the valley and not pitch a tent there. Lois and Sam are an example of the next antidote to pain and suffering. They became ministers of service. My friend here, Michael, is one of the best examples of serving God as anyone can be. Many of you sitting here today are excellent examples of service. What Karen Tucker, Lois McFarland, Sally Rogers, Anne Dupuy, and many others have done to involve our church in Family Promise, the nonprofit organization supporting families in transition from homelessness, is incredible. They, and many of you, are role models of how to be of service. Jesus teaches us to serve one another. The rekindling hope email I received last Monday ended with these words. If you're struggling right now, I encourage you to keep your eyes and ears open for tiny, hopeful signs. If you're doing okay, keep your eyes open for a fellow traveler who is struggling and go a little out of your way to be the hope spark for someone else. A smile, a nod, 
a generous gesture, any of these could make all the difference to someone who is at the end of their rope. Rejoice in hope. Seek hope through prayer, patience, meditation, strengthening your faith in God, reaching out for help, looking for the hope sparks, and being a hope spark through love and service. God bless.